0: Transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept sight of my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength is dried up as the heat. You surround me with shouts of deliverance, sir. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding. which must be curbed with gifts and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but the steadfast love surrounds fast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright people. But as, far as this is your word inspired by your spirit, we pray that you will teach us through your spirit today. in the heat, a heat wave. You get that? I think we all know what it's like to be in a heat wave over these past few days. Oppressive heat that means trying to sleep is, can be impossible unless you're willing to fit the bill for having the air from all night long. It makes us restless, this sort of heat, isn't it? And you can't escape it, especially in somewhere like Queensland, where the humidity is added on top of the thirty whatever degrees Celsius, have you ever seen someone who who can't cope with that sort of combination of heat and humidity? Have you ever seen them sort of squirm and try to find relief? I've been that person before. I spent some time in Sri Lanka with a former employer, and I was that person the guy that was obviously not around there, just guzzling down water at every opportunity. Maybe you've seen these people grabbing for fans wherever they can, maybe going to the supermarket when they don't need to just because there's air conditioning there, sucking down super deepers. Whatever they can to escape the oppression of the heat. same might be said for someone struggling Raise in. Suffering under oppressive thoughts, suffering in an oppressive relationship. They'll do whatever they can to escape from the oppression. Won't they? They'll be willing to go to all sorts of lengths. What about the oppression of sin? In Psalm 32, David isn't oppressed by enemies like he often is in the Psalms he writes. Now he speaks of the bone wasting, strength sapping oppressive weight of his sin. And how does he, how does David seek to escape from the oppression of his sin? The question that pose today is how do we, how does humanity escape from the oppression of sin? the fundamental issue humanity faced today. It's the fundamental issue we face in the past. It will always be the fundamental issue facing humanity. How do we escape The is, is confess sin to God. So God forgives the sinner who confesses. Even verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. You might remember from our, our our look at Psalms 1 and 2 that the Psalter starts with the same phrase that blessed is the man or blessed is the one. There we noted that blessed means happy or it's the word for well-being in every area of life. Here in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, the psalmist ascribes happiness, or well-being in life to the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happiness and well-being to the one against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. The word iniquity there is that guilt, is that guilt is a meeting behind it. Spirit is the word for breath and life, you no know, doubt, we know what deceit is. A word of falseness, A word of deception. You know, when it comes to deception, I, I suggest that illusionists are masters at deception, aren't that, at sleight of hand, at misdirection doing tricks behind a curtain. I remember watching a, a show called Fool Us and, and on a pen and teller, great illusionists of our time did a trick. They did a trick where, where teller escapes from a locked box and normally with that trick a curtain would come out so the audience can't see how it's really done. And you marvel when all of a sudden he's out of the box, the box that locked well, this time it was different. He so said, we're not going to use the term. We're going to put it on you. We're going to do the trick right in front of your eyes. And if you don't want to see how it's done, close your eyes and turn away. If you want to see how it's done, there's no curtain today. Just watch. we we'll show you. David the psalmist speaks from personal experience. And saying that trying to deceive and hide sin from God is useless. Because for God, there is no person to hide behind. He sees it all. He knows exactly what's going on. Verse 3, then it says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, Your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Those symptoms that David feels. He feels his symptoms due to the conviction of his sin. The Lord's hand is heavy upon him. He feels the conviction of his sin. But the symptoms that he feels might be hard for us to relate to. Am I right? How often would we say it's like my my bones are wasting away because of my groaning day and night, my strength is such. How often do we have those symptoms because of asthma? Well, in, in, in reality, it might not be very often. We might struggle to relate with the symptoms that they've explained. Well, that might be in case for the symptoms. No doubt we can relate to his stubbornness. The stubbornness of trying to keep silent about our sin and trying to hide our sin from God. We can relate to that, can't we? Managing symptoms without the cause, without treating the cause, there's little to solve the problem, doesn't it? Got like that child with the runny nose that keeps, yeah, plenty of mums are just going to an, oh, gross place. You know, when they keep trying to sniff it up so they don't have to go and use the tissue and roll it, it does nothing to address the cause, does it, it just keeps it there. Maybe like the athlete who's got that injury, that niggling injury, and they keep getting that pain killing injection so they they don't have to go and spend time on the sideline. Covering it up does nothing to address the cause. You're not to wear guilty of trying to cover up our we? also use lies in this direction. Maybe we, we lie by creating a, a false profile online. We seek to lie by regularly clearing our search that. Maybe we use misdirection by trying to shine a spotlight on other people's struggles so that it's not on us. And we misdirect by making things that are really just little issues bigger than what they are. we we'll try to make them huge. So again, someone's gaze, or maybe the woman's gaze, is directed to something. Enough. Friends, if that is you this morning, can I ask, are you feeling the heavy hand of God upon you? Are you feeling the weight of your guilt? I encourage you to hear the words of this psalmist this morning. Stop the stubbornness Being so stubborn in trying to hide the symptoms of your sin and instead seek the solution. Address the issue at its cause. David says the solution to our sin is confessing it to God. Look at verse 5. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity. Of my sin. And David's statements in the first part of that verse. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you. I didn't cover my iniquity. That acknowledge is a word that means to, to make known, to reveal, to declare. The word cover here is the, the same word that's used in verse 1. However, there's a big difference between the two when it it comes up here in verse 5. The big difference is in who is doing the covering. In verse 1, David said, Blessed is the one whose sin is covered. Now, he says in verse 5, I did not do the covering. Forget the fig leaves. Friends. David did what Adam should have done. You remember Adam and Eve? Back in Genesis 3 when they sinned, what did they do? Both of their eyes were were open. They realized they were naked after they had sinned. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They sought to that their own sin to hide it from God. Let's just sort out the secrets. What did God do in verse the, well, no. the Lord God made garments and skin for Adam and his wife. He them. The unlike Adam, David didn't seek to cover his sin by his own means. Instead of hiding behind fig leaves, David confessed his sin to the Lord. Or he could say David handed over or gave away his sin to God. And what did God do when David confessed his sin? Well, the Lord covered David's sin. The Lord forgave. when it comes to our sin, we might think of ourselves a might be like the illusionist. May we think we can put up a curtain and keep God from seeing what's truly going on, what we're truly harboring in our lives. That's something that might trick people. But friends, God sees behind the curtain. He sees it all. He knows every little secret sin in our lives, but in his unfailing love, when we confess our sin to him, when we hand it over to him, he doesn't leave us exposed. He forgives our sin, and he covers our sin with the only thing that can possibly cover sin, the life of a substitute. The blood of Jesus. That's great news, isn't it? That the fundamental issue that will always be there for humanity, that there is a solution, there is an escape, that God has provided it. That's great news for us. That's great news for the world. David knows this. And so he doesn't keep such great news to himself. He's compelled to share it. There's an urgency to David's plea. He says, time is of the essence. Verses 6 and 7. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. The prophet Isaiah made a similar plea to Israel. Isaiah 55, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Time is of the essence, friends. Sin is not something we can Meddle with. It's not something we can hide thinking there will be time to deal with this later. Life is fragile. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. And it's please seek the Lord while he may be standing. Don't you think you can ride out the heat wave. Mm. Don't hide your sin from God. Confess it to Him. David says, Don't try to carry the weight of your sin. Give it over to God and allow Him to forgive you, to lift it up off you. And like solid ground is to the one who is struggling in the ocean. It will be salvation. It will be your escape. God will be a safe haven for you, for the one who trusts in the Lord. And as others confess their sin to God and find forgiveness in a hiding place in Him, in verse 7, David shows he is confident that he'll be surrounded with many others Praising God for his deliverance of them from death. David's confident plea is backed by God's promise. Not only does God forgive, but he also promises fellowship. He says, I'll instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be curbed with bits and bridle or it will not stay here. Fellowship with God brings freedom. do like the horse or the mule who are animals that because of either their spirit or their stubbornness need a bit and bridle to control them and to curb their natural instincts. The faithful will stay in close fellowship with God because they understand that that is what is good for them. They are teachable. They're soft-hearted. They're responsive to the teaching instruction of the Lord. And listen to his cancer. Because his cancer is carrying. It comes to you, God says, with my eye, upon you. Because we're not forgiven them forgotten. We're forgiven then family. Look at the parent when they a young child at the playground. Notice the parent advising the child in the right way to go. They don't go up the slide. That's where people come from. maybe i they're climbing the little climbing wall attachment. Can you picture that? The parent there just advising, them, put your foot up here. Now reach up to you. The cancer is caring because their eye is on the child. They know their abilities. So they encourage the child to trust them and give things a go. You can picture the child at the top of the slide, they're not sure what they're going to have to do. The parents say, Come on, it'll we'll be okay. I'm liking you. I'll hold your hand with you. Hold their child when the child is slipping. Maybe it's across that wobbly bridge. The child's trying to get across there. and They're holding their the hand of their parent. The parent catches their child when they fall. The child says, oh, "I can do this." Right they're a good point. The parents. Parents, are not they doing it. Catch when they fall because they are. And the child understands that the counsel and loving advice of the parents is good for them. It's there for their good. They appreciate it. They desire it. They want to be close to the parents so that they can heed their advice. Come oh, on, Dad. We'll take this to the point. Come on, Mom. You just So we start overestimating our competencies on the playground, don't we? We think we've grown up a little bit older. We get like the bigger kids. They want their parents to go sit down. Have your eye upon me from over there? Look at me from afar. Observing observing from a distance because he's the parent that doesn't really want to get up and do anything. The parent would prefer to just sit there on his phone and be entertained by something else rather watching the child. Maybe that's how you see God. The only time that parent will get up is if you've done something wrong, they want to come and have a go at Maybe that's how you see God. Love from up close, not from the distance. And God's close, faithful love should cause great joy to Many are the sorrows of the Wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all of you upright in heart. Verses 10 and 11, they sum up the message of this time. Touching again on the anguish experienced by the one harboring, unconfessed sin, and on the embracing love of God for the one who trusts in him for forgiveness of their sins. So the psalmist once again encourages those whose sins are forgiven by God, who are declared innocent because of God's mercy. Be glad in the Lord, It makes sense, doesn't it? The forgiven Those for whom the weight has been lifted. They, they rejoice, they enjoy the listening, while those who stubbornly refuse to confess their sin to God, who refuse to give their sin over to him, remain anguish, restless, oppressed under the weight of their sin. you trying to hide the symptoms instead of treating the cause? Are you restless? Are you weighed down if you're trying to hold it up? Is there unconfessed sin that you're still trying to keep silent about? I encourage you, if this is your with your sin. Deal with it quickly. Seek forgiveness from God while it's still available. God forgives the sinner who confesses sin. So confess your sin to him. Or maybe as we've gone through Psalm 32 today, you've realized that you've been keen on God's forgiveness but not so keen on his fellowship want God to, to just go and, and watch from a distance. We've seen God's way of life as restricting and controlling. Well, if this describes you, my encouragement to you is to ask God. Trust him. Allow him to counsel you on the right way to go. And if you do this, friends, you will start to truly enjoy fellowship with him. You will enjoy fellowship with him. So, before I pray, why don't Take a few moments to It's between you and God. And if you're feeling that sin, I encourage you to use this time to give away that forgiveness, to confess your sins here Him and ask for forgiveness. And if you've been paid on forgiveness, not so much for so fellowship. Thank you and trust yourself to do this. that your eye is upon us. You know us intimately. You know exactly who we are, what we do. And as a loving Father, you make a way for us to enter into a relationship with you. you. You seek to restore us. Lord, you long to forgive our sin if only we would come and give it to you. So, Father, I pray that your spirit will be at work in our hearts today, that we will grasp the urgency of the matter of this sin, that you will move us to, to bring it to you, to confess it to you and enjoy the blessing that comes from being forgiven, that comes from not trying to cover our sin ourselves, but receiving your covering of our sin. Father, I pray that you'll move us to trust you, that you would make our hearts soft every day, that we would be teachable, that we would see your counsel as loving and good for us, And that we would enjoy that. Father, I thank you that the psalmist, David, grasped this truth. The truth that all humanity needs to hear. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grasp it afresh today in Jesus' name.